0: Dropbet Gaming Drop-bit
1: Gaming Drop-bit Gaming Drop-bit Gaming Hello and welcome to air Gaming episode 53 take 2. Uh 2. We re- Yeah, we recorded a couple of weeks ago and after you know hard hard work by this guy <laughs> um I gave up because yeah. the audio quality was just it was below our standard
2: yeah uh, we hold ourselves
1: <laughs> we hold ourselves to a high standard for our listeners and whatever anyway, so <laughs> here we are episode fifty three and it 's just me and Susie tonight because Lucas is in another state wow, and his internet connection is shit there. So, uh, you're in luck, though, listeners, because if things go to plan, we're probably going to record episode 54 next week, which means you get two episodes in two weeks, presumably, if I edit them in a timely manner. So, that will be nice for you.
2: (laughs) So, don't fuck it up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, don't jinx it, listeners, or don't fuck it up, Matt.
2: (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm fine. I'll just, you know... Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: You're all right. All you got to do is just show up.
2: That's it.
1: (laughs) Right. So, before we begin, uh, the last episode, when the fuck did that come out? October 7th. Woo. That was a month ago. Today.
2: To the the, the day, yeah. To the
1: day. All right. So, hopefully, I can get this episode up pretty soon after we're finished. But, um, so, what have you been up to in the past month? Anything interesting?
2: Oh there's been lots happening. Um but you know it's funny because the more things change the more they stay the same. So um yeah, but
1: yeah, let bygones be bygones and it is what it is. That's it. You got it.
2: No, I can't complain. Life's pretty sweet actually. So yeah. um yeah, but uh definitely feeling the end of the year at the moment. So um I think there's what seven, eight weeks till Christmas or something, so I'm really looking forward to getting some sleep over that time, I think.
1: Excellent. Yeah, I got told today that I'm being probably forced to have two weeks off at Christmas. Oh. Which sucks. Yeah. it's annual leave, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, that's fucked. But I suppose it gives me time to play with my PS4, which I will have. This is have.
2: true. This is very true. Assuming
1: there's games for it. <laughs>
2: um,
1: Yeah, I booked the um, launch day off work. So that'll Gosh. be
0: good.
2: All these people are so organized with these things. I just, I've lost track of time. And see, because at my work, I have to book leave pretty much 12 weeks in advance.
0: 12 weeks?
2: Yeah, it's ridiculous. and That
1: is ridiculous.
2: I just didn't. Think about like because I, I, I thought it was still August.
1: <laughs>
2: you know, it's just like so
1: you're really excited for the new consoles.
2: <laughs> well, I only realised the other day. I'm like, shit! Something a couple of weeks away. I better do something about that. <laughs> Oops. So, um, yeah, I got to write this shit down. Um so reminder
1: um, in your phone.
2: Yeah, I didn't get the memo. Um, but, um, no, just, time's just flown. So, um, yeah. Hmm. Obviously.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm pretty excited. I got a call. I've had, uh, what did I get? I got an email the other day from EB Games Uh saying important information about your, your PS4 pre-order. And I was like, get fucked. There better not be a fucking problem or I'll crack it. Right. And then I read it and it was all just shit. Like they're doing this quick pass thing where if you pay pay it off by 5 p.m. on the 28th of November, mm-hmm. so like seven hours before the midnight launch, yeah. they give you a ticket for a quick – it's called quick pass. And right. so when you go in, they're going to have an, a separate queue for quick pass people where you can just give your ticket and they'll give you your shit and you walk straight out.
2: Oh, that's handy, I guess. So
1: it should – in theory, speed things along. So they were just talking about that. And then I got a phone call today. I got a voicemail message and it's like, Hi, this is blah, blah, blah from EB Games Springfield. Uh, um, just need to speak to you about your PS4 pre order. Mm. Can you give us a call back? And I was like, Get fucked. Because <laughs> I automatically assume the West. Because I'm like, fuck, they're going to say something like, oh, we actually gave priority to people who prepaid it and you are too slow. So you won't get yours this year, which, you know, they probably would never do. But my mind goes there anyway. And they were just like, oh, did you know um, you can come in all next week? It's like VIP trade and save.
2: (laughs) You didn't say it properly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. They're like, oh, do do you know what it's all about? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, I got the email and they're like, oh, yeah, so you know what it is. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you get 50% bonus trade credit on hardware and whatever your EB World bonus is for games because you get like a bonus on your trading credit. Oh, yeah. That gets doubled for this VIP week for any, any trading towards the PS4 or Xbox One.
0: Yeah.
1: And he's like... Yeah, that's exactly right. You're the first person that we've called that actually knew what the fuck it was. I'm like, it's not that fucking difficult, dude. (laughs) And then I talked to him about it for ages. But, oi, good Mm -hmm. news. By the way, this is like very conversational. Whatever. Listeners, I will include you. And I'm going to talk about the the Vita because I like the Vita. And I didn't talk about it on the first episode
2: 53. (laughs) Um and it's not a Drop Bear Gaming episode without mention of Matt's Vita.
1: Exactly. But this isn't about my Vita. This is about your potential Vita, listeners. From November 29th, which is the PS4 launch day, to the 1st of December, so three days, 29, 30, but yeah, three days. Um, they are doing. So currently, you can get a Vita, a 3G Vita with Killzone Mercenary, bundled for $269. For those three days, they're going to have them for $199, which is a fucking awesome deal, especially considering the PS4 has remote play with the Vita, so you can play any PS4 games through your Vita remotely, which is pretty cool. So if you're p- looking at picking up a PS4 and you don't have a Vita, that would be a pretty good time to, if you can spare an extra 200 bucks, which you might not be able to. But hey, the offer's there. I just thought I would, you know, let our listeners know because the more people that have Vitas, the happier I will be. Not that it affects me in any way. It just makes me happy.
2: As long as you're happy. That's the main thing.
1: Exactly. It's the spice (laughs) of life. The Vita is the spice of life. And Vita is Italian for life. So, hey.
2: Oh. Full circle. Multilingual, too.
1: (laughs) Mamma mia. (laughs) spaghetti carbonara (laughs) anyway so (laughs) you've been playing some games let's talk about games we'll talk about next gen shit some more a little bit later in the show Mm -hmm. because you know that's what we talk about around here sometimes Um, Battlefield 4 you picked up first
2: Yes. Yes. I uh, I picked it up last Friday because, um, you know, weekend was approaching and I thought, oh, what am I going to do this weekend? And it had just come out and I'm sure a few folks on the Xbox friends list would have been playing it. So I thought, yep, yeah, check it out. And um, you yeah, know, stuck the disc in. I thought, oh, this is nice. And yeah, you know, it looked nice, it sounded nice, and um, got into the game, and surprisingly enough, the servers were behaving, which is a little bit unprecedented for uh, uh, yeah. Battlefield. Well, well, yeah, but usually when – because I remember when Battlefield 3 came <laughs> out, I think it took about four weeks before the servers could even behave. I might be exaggerating slightly, but I do recall – It just – it took such a long time for them to get their act together with the servers. And anyway, so I got into a few games and, you know, being level noob and not having anything and, you know, because I didn't pre-order it. So I probably didn't get some code for an unlock and blah, blah, blah. And um, I'm really conflicted, okay, in a nutshell. I am so conflicted by this game for really the simple fact that – Okay, it's it sounds wonderful, it looks wonderful, the maps are huge, um, but my gripe with Battlefield 4 on the console is that, um, and it never really bothered me in past games, but the player limit. Um, PC it's gets,
1: less now, isn't it?
2: No, it's, it, well, uh, it's, I'm pretty sure it's still 24, but... Um they really just I don't understand why PC is able to do it and consoles not. It's something I've never really understood if anyone can tell me why that would be great, but um it's such a waste because you have these fantastic huge maps but when it's 12 on 12 um it just it's just ridiculous. And I, a lot of people just don't understand how to actually play the game as far as I'm concerned. But, um, so what,
1: they're playing it like Call of Duty rather no, than like a Battlefield game? or
2: No. Uh, even the, the other day, there's four snipers sitting next to each other um, playing as attackers on Rush. Four of them just lined up, you know, little ducks in a row. <laughs> just dropped a grenade at them and got booted. <laughs> to be honest.
1: Oh, was it a private server thing? Oh, one of those rentable servers? Or no,
2: no, no, no. It was a it was a normal one.
1: But oh, they um, were on your team.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so your
1: team killed four people. Yeah. They just
2: <laughs> pissed me off. I just went, what the fuck are you doing?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Um, and um, play to
1: the fucking objective. How hard is it?
2: yeah pretty much pretty much p t f o that's all i ask um and i mean look this it's really kind of tricky playing it um because it there's so much happening like the environment is really good and trust me it's a game i want to play and it's a game i want to enjoy playing mm. um you know you have debris flying around everywhere you got um like fire ambers dropping down into the street in front of you. So and as far as the environments go, it's fantastic. But um it's too many bells and whistles for the average idiot who is playing it and everyone's like, oh, I got my sniper rifle and <laughs> they just do shit. And it's just like, what are you doing? And um another mm-hmm big issue that I have with it and in all honesty I just, you know, really felt like tweeting them the other day, just saying you had one job because one thing that has always been fed back that I've seen, uh, whether it's on Twitter or in the forums, things like that, is fix the spawns. Fix them. Stop the each team being able to get into enemy spawns because there are dickheads that play the game and they don't you know, they think that the best way to play is by spawn trapping. And um, being on uh, the attacking team for Rush, um, you know, just trying to leave the spawn, the enemy's got three tanks lined up for it. And when you've only got 12 idiots trying to run out in a big fucking field...
1: You're just getting mowed down.
2: You you go nowhere.
1: That's kind of like a... It's kind of like a, an inherent problem with that kind of game, with, like, Battlefield. Because, like, the whole... Like, your objective is to take the... the um, what do you call them? In Rush. The, like, yeah. the things you got to blow up.
2: The, yeah, the MCOMs.
1: The MCOMs. you got to p- blow them up, move to the next one, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Except that... It has a kill counter that – so the defenders can win if they kill enough of the attackers. Yeah. So, like, to play the game, like, to play the game, not as in play and have fun, like, to play it in the sense of, like, take advantage of it. Yep. Yeah. It makes sense to, to spawn camp if you have the ability to because how – like, that's the the quickest way to win – is sit where the enemy spawns blow them the fuck up with tanks. Mhm. So there's no escaping, which is fucking like griefing. Mm. But that's and let like I said, I think it's an inherent fault with Battlefield because if you're going to give people the opportunity like if there's a way to win people will use it regardless of whether it's fair or fun. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So that's fucked. Whereas Call of Duty, you can spawn camp all you want because you fucking immediately spawn anyway. Mm-hmm. Then you spawn all over the map anyway, unlike Deathmatch and shit?
2: Yeah, pretty much. They yeah. change all the time.
1: Whereas the problem, again, inherent problem with Rush is attackers spawn here, defenders spawn here.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. Pretty much. So, yeah, it's, it is really frustrating when that happens. And, I mean, look part of the you know part of gaming is being able to enjoy you know having some competitive games there's no competition when you're doing shit like that it's yeah. just um it's mind numbing stuff that you just sort of go well, this isn't fun at all mm-hmm. and i don't know who the genius was who thought well you know let's not limit how far people can go i mean i understand when the attackers take the MCOM um, that, you know, occasionally a few defenders like to stay behind because that becomes the attacker's new spawn. Defenders go, yep, we'll get a few uh, tickets down by popping a few when they spawn and we'll clear it out. I mean, that kind of happens. It's just sort of part of it. But when the attackers can't even get off the first spawn point, it's yeah. just, why am I doing this? really uh,
1: what's that one in battlefield three where you're like you're moving through the sections and there's the one where you're at like the i don't know what is it a satellite dish or something and then there's that cliff the drop off
2: oh yeah yeah, yeah. and
1: the next the next part is down the bottom
2: yeah yeah um, and damavan peak
1: yeah so like in that situation in reality if this was to happen in like a skirmish you would have people like as the attackers move forward to press for the next objective yeah there's going to be people holding the line sort of thing so mm-hmm. and then when they die they spawn further fucking away anyway so that yeah. kind of makes sense but when you're sitting there with tanks at a spawn point that's so there's like no escape Mm. I mean, good defending, solid defending. Mm.
2: Oh, <laughs> but so, it's much, like, so much skill. But, it, but um, it, it, yeah. should,
1: it shouldn't be that way. Like, you should, I guess, maybe make the map slightly wider in the spawny area or, like, the spawn zone wider. Because, like I say, you've only got two exits. How fucking hard is it to camp them with tanks?
2: Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So, but As I said, it's just, I feel like it's such a waste of space when you've got a player limit like that on console. And my, I've got a colleague at work um, who, he's a PC gamer. And when I got into the office this week, he's like, oh man, Battlefield 4 is fucking sweet. And I'm like, shut up, you know, because he's, you know, it's got, what is it, 64
1: players? Yeah, 64
2: yeah, and I'm like, that makes so much more sense. And you know, that's why I really enjoyed playing Mag on the PlayStation. Yeah, Matt, I'll enjoy a game on the PlayStation. <laughs> I don't hate it all the time. But, I mean, you could be there with, what, 256 players at one point. It was just this constant... Um, it's just... Fre- Madness. Like, cause, yeah, cause it's just... There's that many players. And it just keeps... Keeps going and going and going and yeah. So,
1: mm. um, well, but, only on yeah. Xbox One and PS4, it's um, sixty-four players multiplayer on Battlefield Four.
2: Fuck yeah! See,
1: so I mean, that would be pretty awesome.
2: I was gonna get it back when um, when I got my Xbox One anyway, because I mean i I kind of broke. Uh, my own promise because after GTA 5, I went, yep, this is my last current gen game. Not spending any money on any, any more games because number one, I've got way too many I haven't finished playing yet. And, um, you know, with a new console, you get a couple of nice games, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And um, I bought Battlefield 4 on the 360 and um, actually it's a real shame Lucas isn't here because um, he'd get a real kick out of this. I actually did trade and save, (laughs) but I think they should change the definition of that to trade and lose money.
0: (laughs)
1: Would you trade in towards it? It pretty much is like that, eh? Like you never get what the game is worth, but that's the way it goes.
2: A three day old game and look, I probably oh, yeah. I probably should have just taken it back to where I bought it from, but I was lazy. And depends where um, you bought
1: it from too. A lot of places are like, Oh, get fucked, you've opened it.
2: Yeah, I know. So I didn't pricks. I couldn't be bothered having that kind of argument and I was on my lunch break. Um I got fifty percent back of what I paid for it. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, I was a bit um, upset about that. Do you have your EB World card? Oh, God. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I just went, well, fuck it, and bought Ghosts on uh, launch day because I think it's one of the very few games that um, – you know, because it's a global release on the date, Australia gets it first. Mm. So envy of my US friends going, "What?" So yeah, <laughs> I get I get a kick out of it every year, like a Call of Duty.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, apparently in like Canada or something, people fucking robbed a game store, <laughs> and took like seventy five grand worth of merchandise, and they like a hundred and fifty copies of Call of Duty Ghosts. <laughs> they cut through a concrete wall to get into the store. <laughs> How fucking ridiculous is that?
2: We're real Canadians.
1: There better have been some good fucking merch in there.
2: <laughs>
1: They're just like, oh, fuck yeah, Call of Duty. Oh, I'll grab some of this merchandise as well.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I
1: don't know if we can carry it. We need to carry as many copies of Call of Duty as possible because we need one for all of our 150 friends.
0: <laughs> Jesus uh, so Ugh, yeah. Yeah.
1: So Battlefield Four. I'll probably get it on PS4 because actually no I won't because I still don't have the fucking internet at my house and I ain't playing that game for single player.
2: <laughs> but, I I haven't even played the Battlefield 3 single player.
1: <laughs> yeah, me neither. <clears throat> so <sighs> oh well. Well I'll eventually get Battlefield 4. And when I do, everyone play with me. Or don't, whatever. So,
0: um,
1: I've been playing Batman Arkham Origins. Uh huh. So I never played Arkham Asylum, or I think I played like maybe an hour or two of it. Yeah. And then I played all of Arkham City, and I really enjoyed that. And I probably might go back. That's like an, doesn't really make sense. Probably might. I don't know. I probably won't go back and play Arkham Asylum, to be honest. <laughs> but I kind of feel like I should, because I really enjoy these games. And um, Arkham City was awesome. Arkham Origins is set before both of them.
0: hmm
1: And you are Batman. And you've been Batman for two years, but you've been, like, keeping on the DL. So no uh-huh. one really knows that Batman is a the thing. There's, like, a myth, but... You're not really known by the police or anything. The police are just like, "What? There is no Batman. What the fuck are you talking about?"
2: Is this kind of like Batman Begins?
1: Um, yeah, it's well, it's the origin story of this this Batman in particular.
2: Like okay. each
1: each, it's not like the same as the movie, obviously.
2: No, but kind of story. along.
1: Yeah, uh, it's yeah. where he gets his start. Well, it doesn't have the whole getting in punch ons, in you know, a – fucking Asian prison or whatever the fuck that movie has (laughs) (laughs) yeah but anyway (laughs) so um, to set the scene it's Christmas Eve of course and uh, the guy Black Mask has put up a bounty on your head 50 million bucks to kill Batman Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and he's got like 8 or 10 I think it's 8 assassins to come and like compete to try and kill you Whoever kills you gets fifty mil, and then he gets the corrupt. He offers the corrupt SWAT police force fifty million as well if they kill you. And so you've got to go around and track him down, and then yeah, it gets pretty good, and it it, it does a pretty good job of. Um, the story of it is really not, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Um, Troy Baker, who does the voice of Booker Dewitt in Bioshock Infinite, and Joel in The Last of Us mm-hmm. and a bunch of other games he's he's been doing is the voice of the Joker instead of Mark Hamill, who did the previous ones.
2: How was that?
1: It was pretty good. It was kind of jarring because I'm used in the Batman games, like I'm used to Mark Hamill's voice. Yeah. But he did a pretty good job of it. I mean, Troy Baker's a fucking amazing voice actor. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was good. but oh, um. Good. Yeah, the game itself, like, the story was really good. I enjoyed, like, some of it's a bit like, okay, you have Bane in the game, except Bane didn't technically come into the Batman canon until a little bit later. Yeah. that's you know, that kind of thing. And plus, actually, this one thing, when you first meet Bane, he's, like, talking about revenge against you. Okay. And I'm just like, how the fuck does that even make sense? (laughs) Because... He has no reason to want vengeance against you. It's the first time you've ever fucking met him. Yeah. It like it's like saying, this is the first time you've met Bane, blah, 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 he's super dangerous.
2: And he hates you.
1: And, and at the same time, <laughs> Bane's being like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fucking get vengeance on you. You're fucked. Right. It's like, what? You're here for the 50 million, man. And then obviously, yeah, Bane... Later in the Batman story in the comics, breaks Batman's back and that happens in the whatever that last one was in the movies. What was the last one?
2: Um, Dark Knight
1: Rises? Was that the...
2: Yeah, You know, I, I was so appalled by it that I've just blocked it all out of my mind.
1: Uh, <laughs> Why were you appalled by that?
2: Oh, uh, look. Jeez. <laughs> it's easier to list what I did like about it. Nothing.
1: <laughs> I liked Catwoman.
2: No, actually, I like it's. I I stuck through it because of Gary Oldman. That was it. Oh it's, yeah, that was it. Um, but for the rest of it, um, garbage. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'll say one thing. Um, and if anyone thinks it's a spoiler, that's too fucking bad. You yeah, get commission of for ages. Yeah. Um, you get commissioner Gordon rolling around the back of a truck with a bomb and um, Talia dies while wearing a seatbelt
1: <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> he's just a lucky commissioner what are you talking about
2: okay. <laughs> just oh my god it was just appalling i I think I cried while watching it because I'm like why and I went on a like a 30-tweet rampage attacking Nolan after that.
1: <laughs> you know what movie made me feel like that recently? We'll get back to Batman Arkham Origins in a little while. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I said, yeah. it's a conversational podcast. I was tell- I was mentioned-, mentioned to you before Pacific Rim.
0: Oh, yeah. Because
1: there's a Pacific Rim game, which I'll never play. That fucking movie, this guy at my work was like, Pacific Rim is so good, you got to see it, right? Oh. And I watched it. And for a start, there's two Australian guys in it, or they're supposed to be Australians. Their fucking accents are ridiculous. Yeah. Right? But then, like, so the main character, he drives this, they call them Jaegers, the big robot fucking, they're like giant robots that are designed to fight these fucking, I don't know what they're called, the bad monster things that come out of a fucking crevice in the sea. <laughs>
0: Okay, yeah. And, um,
1: so he fucking drives this one with his brother, and then his brother dies right at the start of the movie. Spoilers. Spoilers, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's the start of the movie. And anyway, that, there's going to be one more small spoiler. But anyway, so he retires from it, and then they, the government or whatever are like, well, you need to come back because you're awesome, of course. And so he comes back, and – oh so lucky when his brother died in the thing and it got totally fucked up. The robot thing got totally fucked up. It's all rebuilt now and it's all good. Um, So then this big-ass monster comes up and they're like planning to blow up where the monsters are coming from or some shit. And they use nukes and I think one of the monsters releases like an electromagnetic pulse just off the coast of Hong Kong where they're all fighting it and all these ones shut down, and old mate hasn't got in his yet, and they're like, oh, no, what do we do? They're all fucking digital. They all are fried and can't work because of the EMP. And then he's like, no, no, mine will work. It's analog. It's got a nuclear engine, right? Uh Except that, like, all of the controls that he uses in it are all digital and computer controlled. I'm like, it's fucking fucked as well. (laughs) And then five (laughs) minutes later, the whole of Hong Kong is fucking all good again all the power's back on and everyone's fine. (laughs) Makes no fucking sense. And then they set off these fucking nukes in the fucking middle of the ocean next to Hong Kong and there's no tsunami. (laughs) Like, all the water disappears and this fucking big robot thing is just standing on the seabed and there's no water or anything around him and then it all comes rushing back over him again. I'm like, would that not have just fucking destroyed Hong Kong? And also how is he still standing there? Anyway, plot holes. I fucking hate that shit.
2: Fuck it. Um, let's just yeah, oh. let's just have a movie podcast. <laughs> so yeah, Pacific
1: rim. More like Pacific shit. I don't know.
2: Pacific um, rim job? Mm?
1: Pathetic rim. <laughs> um Okay. Batman Arkham Origins. Right. So the story's really good. There's a lot of good characters. You get introduced to Barbara Gordon, which is um, Cap... Oh, well, he's... Cap- she's actually Oracle in the comics, I think. She, she becomes... She becomes uh,
2: Oracle. Oracle. She becomes... Then,
1: yeah, yeah. After she gets fucking shot and her spine, spinal cord gets severed or something and she's a paraplegic. Yes.
2: Depends yeah. depends which, which line of comics you read, but yeah. yes. Yeah. Starts off as Batgirl, becomes Oracle.
1: Yeah. So yeah. in the game, she's like sixteen years old, and the daughter of Captain Gordon because he's not the Commissioner yet, uh-huh. and um, he's the one good cop on a whole police force of corrupt cops.
0: Uh-huh. So
1: like you get to meet him for the first time, and you get to meet Barbara Gordon and all these different characters that haven't been in the games before, which is a nice makes a nice change. Yeah. But um, as for gameplay, I didn't feel – so the first two were done by Rocksteady Studios, yes. I think. Mm-hmm. And this one's been done by Warner Brothers Montreal with, okay. I guess, because it uses Rocksteady's engine. Yes. Like it even uses half the assets because a lot of the areas in Gotham that you can go to – Uh, areas that were in Arkham City because Arkham City, the whole idea of it was it was like a boxed-in area of Gotham that was just turned into a giant prison. Yes. And so there's a lot of areas in this game that are familiar and obviously use the same fucking um, assets, which is kind of – I mean, as I was playing, I was like, oh, yeah, you know – makes sense because why Why make all new assets? Like, for example, if you were to make a game like San Andreas and then make GTA five and not make anything the same, which they did because they're dickheads. Mm. But anyway, Arkham Origins. <laughs> um, yeah, the map it was like ten times bigger than Arkham City. Heaps more okay. collectibles and shit. The Riddler trophies were there, except his name's Enigma in this because he hasn't called himself
0: The Riddler, Riddler. yep.
1: And, um yeah, it doesn't quite, like, it's the same engine and everything, so you would think all the combat would work the exact same. And, I mean, the buttons and everything are the same. There's new gadgets and stuff, which doesn't make any sense because it's a prequel. <laughs> right? It's a fucking prequel, and he has gadgets that he doesn't have in the sequels. It doesn't make sense. But um, it just doesn't seem to flow as well. <clears throat> okay. And I know the 360 version apparently is buggy as fuck. Like, you walk into a building and the fucking game freezes and you have to turn your system off. Really? Yeah.
2: Oh, God.
1: Um, I, Apparently, like, not everyone, obviously, has been facing these bugs. I know people who've been playing on 360 and haven't had a single problem. But mm-hmm. apparently they're going to patch that anyway, or maybe they already have. I don't know. But yeah, just it doesn't it didn't feel as good like the timing of button presses because obviously with these games it's very specific to how you time your fucking button presses mm-hmm. to be able to counter attacks and stuff like that and get a good flow of combat for the combos and shit. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've. I noticed a couple of times where I'd, like, press counter and it would counter and then I would press counter again later for the same animation and it wouldn't counter it and I'd get fucking smacked in the head with a bat or something. And it was just, like, you know, kind of frustrating at times like that. And then once you lose your flow, then you're, like, pressing counter too late every time and they're fucking... And then you're dead. Yeah. Yeah, cheers. So... I don't know. I mean, it's still fun. It's fun. But if you mm-hmm. played Arkham City recently, probably give Arkham Origins a little bit of a weight.
2: Yeah, okay.
1: Because it's like the exact same game, <laughs> basically. I mean, there's, like I said, new gadgets, bigger city, different collectibles. There's new... Ca- Anarchy is in it. There's a character from the Batman universe, Anarchy. He was right. always one of my favourites. And um, he was he's like a... He's a sort of, um, what do you call him? Chaotic, good, sort of alignment. Kai. Oh, uh, okay. So he's he's a baddie, but he has good intentions. Oh, okay. So he's basically like V for Vendetta, guy, nice. but with well, actually, he's pretty much that. He's all about stopping the corporate um, overlords, I guess except he does it by putting bombs in places that will fucking kill innocent people. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which is not very nice. But anyway, he was always one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. And there was like a mini series of comics done about him back in like 2000 or something, right. ages ago, that I really enjoyed. And he's in this, so that was cool. And um, this like tags, he, there's like anarchy symbols around the city that you can only see in detective mode that you scan as collectibles and stuff like that. So yeah, same as Arkham City though. Like uh-huh. in terms of the combat. So if you played Arkham City recently, probably wait for this because you're probably gonna fucking be fatigued. With God, that. I
2: haven't. I haven't even. And <laughs> that's that's in the pile of games I need to play.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's not for everyone anyway. Mm. But like for our listeners, if they enjoyed the previous two. And even if you didn't like it's not it's an origins story, so it's not like you need to have played the other two to understand it.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean I I enjoyed Arkham Asylum. I thought I thought that was um great. Um mm. for it's I mean, but this is going back a few years now. Um I, I thought it was a great game. God, how many years ago was it now? Four? Yeah. <laughs> Four years, two thousand nine, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. <laughs> One of them.
1: Mm. Hold eight. on, a long time. Yeah, keep riffing, and I'll I'll Google it.
2: Um. <laughs>
1: Batman: Arkham Asylum came out in Australia September third, two thousand and nine. So four okay. years, four yeah. Year, yeah, basically.
2: So, um. It was pretty good uh, back then. I mean, comparing it to other games that came out in 2009, I mean, Mm. um, it was the same year as Modern Warfare 2. It was the same as... uh, stuff. Um,
1: Yeah, games.
2: (laughs) But it was pretty... As far as a Batman game went...
1: Yeah, it was like the first one, really, that had been that fucking... Batman, yeah. I guess.
2: Batmany, yeah, and it it actually really messed with my head playing it. It really it did things that I hadn't experienced in uh in a, in a game before.
1: What like dark emotional situation type things or?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It mm. was really. Um, I I just loved that it had little, um, the information sheets of all the characters and things Mm. you know it even had little things like oh this is the first comic it appeared in and um so there was such an educational value to it as well Mm. to to collecting those things but um that leading up to the encounter the first encounter with the scarecrow was just such a oh I just did not feel good at all Mm. playing that and um yeah, it was pretty. When when he goes to the morgue and um, you know and it's his parents in the bags, it was just really yeah. Because I guess the effect was there. I mean, with yeah. the scarecrow, it's all about inducing fear in someone, and you really felt that you you, it, you took that emotion with it mm. and sort of felt that really vulnerable emotional side to Bruce Wayne himself mm. uh experiencing it. So, um yeah, I hadn't, I think it was the first video game that I really just, it wasn't just me sitting there going, uh, yeah, playing games, whatever. It was the first time that I went, what the hell's going on? Mm. <laughs> so, but I mean, I guess with Arkham Origins, I'm not, I haven't been that. Sort of phased about playing. Like I'm sure I'll play it mm. in I don't know seven, eight years when I get around to it. But yeah. I think because it's not rock steady, that it kind of I mean, should that should is that a non-issue? Is that yeah?
1: Because just... I, I mean, it still uses the same engine.
2: Okay. And
1: like I don't know if my gripes with it are uh, just me being kind of over-picky because I know it's not Rocksteady. Yep. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's still really, really good. Like, Arkham, so Arkham City, obviously, they went from the, the asylum to the whole open world thing, and this kind of just grows on it. Mm-hmm. And it has all that stuff, like all the, you know, the backstories of all the characters in the little bios and stuff like that, and it has the yep. 3D trophy things that you can look at for each character. Mm -hmm. You know, where you in the extras menu you can look at the 3D sort of figures.
2: Yeah.
1: And it also, like, it has the Batcave, so you can go to the Batcave and you can talk to Alfred. Because in the first two you could only speak to him via radio. Yes. And in this one, because it's an origin, it has, like, most of the kind of character development of Batman happens in conversation with Alfred because he's still not, all in on it, at this point. Like Alfred's kind of still like, dude, you're a, you know, you're better than this. You can just live at home and be happy, and you know, not worry about this shit. Mhm. And um, yeah, there's some pretty intense moments with that. Okay. But um, that it, it it reminds me, I um, so I was playing through it, and it reminded me of the Amazing Spider-Man game. Which I played last year, I think, or the year before, or whenever it was. Right. So, obviously, the last Spider-Man movie that came out, the one with um, not Toby Maguire, thank God. That one. <laughs> I really enjoyed that movie. I thought it was a lot more um, sort of. We're just talking about movies, but whatever. <laughs> I thought it was a lot closer to the comics in terms of his, you know, he his friends and all that kind of stuff. And um, mm-hmm. when I played the game on the back of playing the Batman Arkham games, where they really took this sort of third-person superhero game to another level. Mm -hmm. You know, the Batman games really... They're, like, the best fucking superhero games you can get, apart from, like, Lego. (laughs) You know? True. That was a joke. I'll I'll agree to that. the Lego games are good, but they're nothing on fucking the Arkham games in terms of wanting to play as a character. And then... When um, The Amazing Spider-Man came out, I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's probably going to be shit because most movie games are shit, right? (laughs) And it turned Uh, out to be really, really good. Like, you could web-swing all through an open world of New York or whatever fucking... I'm pretty sure it's New York. Anyway, you can, like, web-swing around on buildings and climb up them and stuff. It was really smooth. Same kind of system for combat, I mm -hmm. believe. I haven't played it in fucking ages. But, as you're going through, you can pick up collectibles that are actually comics, and what they are is when you back out of the game and you go to the extras menu or whatever mm-hmm. it has covers from comics from like the original spider man comics that you could oh, pick nice. up yeah, ah. which was really a really cool little touch because like you know what kind of movie game developer really puts that much effort into their games. Not that I'm dissing them, I kind of am. Because most <laughs> movie games are shit. But this one was really, really good and that apparently the um the new Spider Man movie's coming out soon and they're making a game the same developers are making the next Spider Man game for that movie as well. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Okay. But like if you if people out there are fans of the Batman games and they also like Spider Man you can probably find The Amazing Spider-Man pretty fucking cheap these days in a bargain bin somewhere. Um, so it it's kind of worth checking out if you like it, if you feel like it. And if it's in a bargain bin, who fucking cares? If you don't like it, give it to someone.
2: Trade and save.
1: Yeah, trade and save it. <laughs> so anyway, we're taking forever talking about Batman and and basically Batman. <laughs> so how about, Jamby do you want to talk Batman. about some Call of Duty?
2: Oh, I can sort of ramble a little bit uh, from what I have played of it. I mean, it's...
1: How much have you played of it? When did well, you pick it up? Obviously, it was only this week. Two,
2: yeah. It was two only days two, ago. Two days ago. Oh. So, um...
1: Have you played the single player yet?
2: No, no. I haven't gone that far. I'm saving that for this weekend, so... Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. I, really, it's just been having a look at the multiplayer after work, and um, so... There's been about three occasions now where i have sort of trying to get used to it. Because with me, it takes a while to get into the multiplayer, just learning the maps and looking at level design and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as my initial impressions of the game go, um, sort of very similar to uh, what happened with GTA V on the 360 there were the two discs one was the install and one has the the rest of the game on it yeah so i'm guessing that's sort of the future of what 360 games are looking to be i guess
1: well they've Um, they've kind of been like that for a while though just not every game
2: yeah I, i didn't see it before um before GTO 5. I mean, I know that they've been on multiple discs. Um, oh, yeah,
1: just not the install on PlayStation. No, so. yeah.
2: Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I know. I think LA Noir was one of the first games that had more than one disc, which yeah. sort of got everyone's knickers in a knot.
1: Because they have when- to get off their fat asses. Yeah. Oh, the only time I'm getting up is to go to the toilet or the fridge. <laughs> Sorry, so sorry.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I think that's our first derailment. Jeez, that's a record. <clears throat> um, that
1: was really fucking hurtful to people also. So apologies. If I offended you, I apologize.
2: He doesn't mean it. But um it's really bizarre because when uh COD Ghost booted up, I went, this doesn't even look like Call of Duty. The menus look different. Um I thought, is this is this a Tom Clancy title? It just had that sort of smooth um non COD look about it or hmm. something. It was kind it was it was such a foreign appearance. Well they're saying they're gonna goes.
1: change it up this time.
2: Yeah, well I mean, remember two years ago I kind of um did my nut about Infinity Wards, uh, Modern Warfare 3, basically just being Modern Warfare 2, just changed the 2 to a 3, and that was pretty much it, uh, as far as the multiplier menu was concerned. But, um,
1: and take out the killing Russians bit. Some
2: oh god, who knows? Um, another <laughs> I don't thing-
1: know, was that Modern Warfare 2?
2: Modern Warfare 2, yeah. yeah Where you no,
1: mowed down no the Russian. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah no yeah, Russian. Right. Except for that's all the right. ones laying on the floor in front of you bleeding.
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
2: that's okay. <laughs> that's a second um, derailment. <laughs> here we go. It is core duty.
1: Um,
2: okay, so something new about it. And um, that I think, obviously, all the women... Got together and did enough you know, jumping and making a lot of noise because there are female soldiers mm-hmm. that you can customize. So you, when you set up your soldier, you can make it look like you if you're a dude or a girl. Like that's pretty cool. Um, the voices with it um, is a little bit interesting, and um, because I at one point I. I was a bit thrown by it actually because I think it was Tuesday, the day that I got it, and I customized my soldier, and she got hit with a couple of bullets, not dead but severely wounded, mm. and she's in there going, <laughs> I'm sort of thinking, um...
1: "You go, girl."
2: It was quite funny um, to sort of hear that. So it was a bit a bit different so um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's still pretty cool to to kind of hear it um, in the sense that when the one other thing with the design of multiplayer is they 've done something to it which is very different in the sense that you pretty much don't really need to have a microphone to effectively play the game. Your characters will shout out events that are happening. Um, they will say, you know, enemy in the window. They will say, um, they will call the characters in the game shout it out. So you,
1: so it, you can still play the game and win without having to listen to douchebags?
2: Pretty much.
1: Fuck, yeah. You know, that's what Call of Duty's been needing.
2: Yeah. So, I guess, and I always try and be really neutral as possible about these two, you know, head-to-head first-person contenders, Battlefield and Call of Duty. I've always said these are two totally different types of, of beasts that mm. we're dealing with. And I've never liked comparing the two or anything like that, but it's... And I'm pleasantly surprised that I think Infinity Ward have finally gotten it and have done some things with the game. Yeah, Battlefield might be the prettier game, but Call of Duty this time is surprisingly good. My only gripes with the multiplayer so far and it's gotten to a point where I think my blood pressure is about to go through the roof. I'm about to go bald is still the douchebags playing it. There's still fucking campers and there's still quick scopes galore. So I've never liked it in the near, uh, what is it? Three years that I've been doing drop bear gaming. I still hate it. Mm. I still find it annoying. And... Um, I'm not happy, but, yeah, so there's a couple of changes there. We've got female soldiers. Uh, Hopefully no one turns around and says, oh, but, you know, that means you can shoot females. If I hear someone raise that argument, I'm going to eat my hat.
1: You know what Uh you should do? You should run the scenario through your head Mm -hmm. so many times that you drive yourself crazy and then you just lash out at someone for no reason. Okay. Because that's seems like the path you're going down (laughs) it's like if anyone says that i'm gonna if anyone it's like when i get in the car when i'm angry and i'm like if anyone cuts me off i'm gonna fucking go off and then no one cuts you off and you're like yeah you're lucky
2: (laughs) we all know i'm just i'm old i'm old and cranky
1: exactly you're looking for an outlet for your fucking anger
2: that's it. Yeah, I'm old. I'm jaded. I'm tired of the shenanigans. Let's all just sit down and play a video game and, and just be good people.
1: Yeah, um, cut shenanigans, fuckers.
2: <laughs> um, the only other thing that I found that's a little bit different is that uh, in multiplayer, you can slide. So while you're running, you can jump and you'll just slide on the ground, which looks kind of fun. Yeah. You know, hmm. So, um, otherwise, it's not really that. I mean, it's it's still COD. Um, it's COD. Let's yeah. talk about cranked. Okay.
1: Cranked mode because I like I haven't played this. I haven't played COD. I haven't played. I've never played Black Ops Two. Never mm-hmm. played Modern Warfare Three.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I played like that intro bit of Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two, where you're in like the training montage.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: In the single player, and I played. Cod four. Nah, I what? played. I played like a boat level in that, and it really made me fucking feel sick. sick.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you, yeah, you played. So the I best. never
1: played it because it was like <laughs> it was like just the enclosed. That's why yeah. I like Battlefield more because it's like the open scenery and shit.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. But um. Where was I going? Oh yeah. So I don't really play Cod, but. Mm-hmm. I read a review and it talked about this cranked multiplayer mode yep. and it sounds fucking fun because I actually, I did play some Modern Warfare 3 multiplayer at a friend's house.
2: There you go. Um, so with cranked, it is pretty much team deathmatch. However, you basically, as soon as you get a kill, you a timer starts counting down from 30 seconds and you've just got to keep chaining your kills to stop the counter dropping down to zero because once it drops to zero, uh, you explode. That's it, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's so
1: fucking like adrenaline rush.
2: Yeah, it is. Like it's-
1: more so than Call-, cause Call of Duty, that is what it is. It's Twitch gaming, Twitch fucking adrenaline. Yeah. Of go, 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 go.
2: Yeah.
1: Then fucking hell.
2: Oh. You hope. Unless Imagine like Nuketown. Oh.
1: <laughs> Nuketown with Cranked.
2: <laughs> Actually, that'd be awesome yeah another 12 months we might see it happen um, but uh, yeah so effectively you've just and it, and it really adds to the pressure because uh, everyone's running around and you you just see this timer clicking downwards and then it starts I think beeping at 10 seconds and you're like ah oh, I gotta get a kill
1: where's someone? Where is um, on yeah and then it's, you team kill and you're like,
2: fuck. Well, it's only on core. Um, oh, yeah. So far in the hardcore playlist, it's just um, kill confirm team deathmatch, and search and rescue. So not search and destroy like it's always been known as. It's search and rescue, which um, was very interesting. Um, it doesn't
1: have destroy in the name. I'm not playing that.
2: No. No, I was not Merka. My god. <laughs> um <laughs> wow.
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> it's that was random. accurate. It was accurate. I don't know.
2: Um but and,
1: um you get like steroid mode or something with it.
2: Oh, it's it's like being on steroids, I think, cuz you just you just I, but I think it's just adrenaline, so, I don't know, same
1: thing. Like, like the that. cranked one. Like It's supposed to be like you get faster speed or something?
2: Maybe. Oh. I, I, I don't really know Reload because... Reload
1: speed or something?
2: I think the maximum chain I got was maybe two kills. Because, well, you know, it was core and it takes about 50 million bullets to to knock someone down. So, um...
1: Well, I don't... I, I'm not nice fun. to say this, but... And I f- can't believe I'm saying it, but Ooh. next time we record, uh. after you've played it more, we should definitely talk about Call of Duty again. Okay. Which I would never say.
2: I'm down with it's that.
1: Call of Duty. So, um, yeah, because obviously you've only had it for two days, so you've got to give it more. And and Yeah. And, have, like, obviously, two days is fucking not very long. No. So, yeah, but first impressions are good for the multiplayer.
2: Yes, definitely.
1: Excellente. Eh? Um, the final game that we will talk about, I guess. Why not? Beyond Two Souls on the PS three. Um, so this is from Quantic Dream who made Heavy Rain, which is the fucking quick time event game. I guess that's what you call it.
2: I guess maybe.
1: And um and this <laughs> one this one has like graphically Fucking incredible! It has Ellen Page and Willem Dafoe as the the lead characters, and they're like fully, like f- the facial features are fully motion captured, so that when the actors act out the parts, it's fully put into the game, which is pretty cool. It looks really, really good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the gameplay, man, I don't know what these guys are doing.
0: Like, <laughs>
1: I'm trying to appreciate. I'm not. I'm, like, halfway through the game. I'm trying... I tried to play it in one sitting. Couldn't do it. It lasted, like, two hours, which I thought was pretty good. Mm -hmm. It's only, like, a ten-hour game. Mm -hmm. So, it's the same as Heavy Rain with, like, quick-time events and stuff, Uh, except that the storyline, which I can't decide if it's a good story or not yet. Okay. Because it jumps back and forth in the time, in time, like, so... You'll do a mission where – so you play as Ellen Page and she Uh has an entity called Iden that follows her around. It's like a ghost. And you can press triangle to view the world from the ghost and you can, like, interact with things as the ghost and fuck shit up and do stuff with it. Uh
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, so you play as Ellen Page and you might be doing a bit where she's like a teenager. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden – you're playing as her as a child and it's like the next the next level is taking you back to where she's a child and it's just a little section in like an army base where she's getting interviewed or something and then the next minute you're like a fucking CIA agent in her mid-twenties and shit and wow. then you jump back to being a teenager again and then you're a CIA agent again and then you're a fucking child again and it's like, you know, there's movies where they do that where they like flick between time periods -hmm. I can't think of any movies in particular, but there are, you know, the ones.
2: Oh, I could think of a few off the top of my head. All
1: I can think of is like Memento, but that kind of goes backwards. Uh,
2: Twenty One Grams.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. So, but the way to do that correctly is to tell a story that flows even though you're changing and chopping and changing each section, so you go from section A to section B. Section B should have something that relates to section A, apart from the fact that you're playing as fucking Alan Page and you have a ghost. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, okay, so all of a sudden you go from being... There's this... I don't want to do any spoilers, but it just... There's... It doesn't feel like... It's, it just feels so fucking disjointed. Okay. It's really hard because I want to... Because the whole idea of Quantic Dream, David Cage, it's like, oh, the emotion of the characters and it's an interactive movie in a game. hmm And all this bullshit. It's so fucking words, right? If you want to make an interactive movie game, like mm-hmm. a game that is an, it's a movie where you can have some interaction... It's got to have a decent fucking storyline because if you're relying on... They're relying on two things, graphics and writing. Yes. Because they're not relying on fucking gameplay because it's like shake your controller up and down, uh, fucking pull right on the fucking... Okay, you're climbing up a wall. You have to press right trigger, left trigger, right trigger to move the fucking feet. Oh, now you have to press X. Now you have to tap X. Now you have to fucking put the... Con- like move the controller in a downward motion. Like, (laughs) I hope you're not laying on your fucking bed playing because you're going to find it very fucking difficult to be doing a downward motion. And then you do the downward motion and you're like, oh, wait, I'm laying on my bed. So I just kind of went backwards, not down. And then it's like you failed that quick time event. But then you're like, oh, wait, failing the quick time event doesn't fucking change anything. The game continues anyway. It's like... It gives the illusion that it matters. And maybe there are some parts where it does matter. But um like failing the quick time events. But I feel like the story is always gonna lead in the same direction. It has multiple endings like Heavy Rain did. Okay. But there's like things that you can see play out differently. Like there's a part where you can either fucking kill a shitload of cops with the ghost guy. Or you cannot kill a shitload of cops with the ghost guy, and I'm sure that puts the story in two different directions. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. But it's so disjointed in the storyline that it's just fucking hard. Like, I'm trying to sit there and play the game. Yeah. And I play it for an hour, and then I'm just like, this is so fucking draining. Because you're (laughs) trying to keep up with the story, and then the whole time you've got to be paying attention because all of a sudden a fucking quick time event might pop up. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's no... Like, so, you're playing a video game. Any video game,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it teaches you how to play. Press X to jump. Move mm-hmm. the left stick to move forward, etc. The usual shit. Every game teaches you the controls, basics. And it sticks to that. It doesn't fucking throw in a spanner in the fucking mix. It doesn't say, okay, now it's actually triangle to jump, not X. It's, like, consistent. Whereas with these quick time events... It's like one minute, it's one thing, and the next minute it might be something different. It's like what I was saying about climbing up a wall. Yeah. You're pressing R2, L2 on the PS3 controller, R2, L2, R2, L2. Then you've got to press R1 for some reason, even uh-huh. though you're still just moving your right foot. Okay. And so you've got to be watching. You can't like take in the graphics and stuff because you're watching for the prompts the whole time. Right. Anyway... I'm ranting. I know. I'm sorry.
0: But, uh,
2: it's, yeah. I mean, look, I really did not, uh, look, if there was, there was, if there was a train for heavy rain, <laughs> I missed it. Uh, yeah, because... there's
1: people out there that fucking loved heavy rain. I know. I, I know. played for like an, a couple of hours of that and I was like, uh,
2: I finished it. I don't know why. And I still probably sat there the end of it, going, I don't know what this is, I don't know, you know. It just, to me, it didn't feel like I was playing a game. Um, I don't don't care if people get upset that I didn't like it. Well, I didn't like it, so um, it happens. But Hmm. um, I just, uh, and that's why I couldn't really do much about it. Beyond Two Souls, because um, you know, I sort of expected it may just end up being the same thing as what Heavy Rain is. You know, you got quick time events, and um, maybe even maybe even a subpass storyline. Maybe I don't know. Is the story at least decent from what you could gather?
1: Uh, it's. I feel like I'm still in. Like, because a story works like this: Act One, Act Two, Act Three. Except it's jumping back and forth between all these time periods.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I can't piece it together. I don't know what what story it's trying to tell yet. Maybe I'm not far enough into the game.
2: I'm sure once you get to the end of the game, it's probably all going to make sense. And you go, ooh. Mm, yeah, but- I
1: feel like I might need to play through it twice before I do my review. But, like, I really don't want to fucking play through it twice.
0: <laughs>
2: Does it? Um, do you get checkpoints with it, or is it kind of like with uh, heavy rain where it was sort of like there were no checkpoints? And if you fucked something, that was sort of it. You know, the game just continued.
1: Um, I'm. I think it just continues.
2: Uh, see, because I I did not like that.
1: But I I don't know. See, the, I've been playing. I haven't felt like I fucked up a couple of quick time events, and it felt like it didn't make any difference.
2: Okay.
1: But then again, don't I don't know.
2: Well, I had, because of a quick time event and whatnot, playing Heavy Rain, one of the main characters died for it and I couldn't do anything about it. And it's like, but you didn't give me enough time and I thought I was doing it, but obviously I didn't do it well enough and now he's dead and I've already thrown 10 hours into this stupid game. mm. Or something like that. I think the only thing about Beyond Two Souls that I sort of read early on in the piece before I really knew much about it and then you know, I saw it was Cage and I went well but um I don't know, something to do with a tampon? Is that have you gotten that far yet?
1: Uh I don't think so. Okay. I mean I'm sure there's probably – it's probably a very important part. You know, that's an important time in a girl's life, a woman's well, life.
2: Well, the way I look at it is <laughs> – something. You know, knowing the way that, that Heavy Rain played, um, we'd sort oh,
1: of no.
2: flick the, you know, one yeah, yeah. catalogue stick and then you'd you know, hit X or something. Yeah, I think you know where I'm heading with this.
1: I don't want to know. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's sort of the impression I got when I read it and I was like, yeah, uh, what? Come on, like, uh, what's going on with video games today? But, yeah, okay, you you kind of, I, I won't say any more than that. It's just, it's what I've read. I don't know if it's true. I don't want to find out if it's true. Um,
1: I'm getting there. I'm sure I'll let you know.
2: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> it's just this game, man
2: at least you've been warned. <sighs> <laughs> Sorry man.
1: Anyway, so Moving I'm on. I'm intending to write a review on this one. Surprise surprise, I'm actually for those of you who follow the website, you'll have noticed that I haven't written a review in a long time and I wrote one. You did. I honest. wrote I wrote one about it's Pixel Junk Monsters Ultimate HD on the Vita. So you can go read that if you like. Um so yeah, I'm going to write a review for Beyond Two Souls. Hopefully eventually when I fucking finish it, I, like I said I want to play through it twice because I f- I don't know if I'm being overly harsh with it. It's yeah. hard to say. So you might. I might be. I mean, I'll play through it once and then I'll start a second playthrough because, like, there's multiple endings, so why not, right? And it's only like a 10 or so hour game. Sorry. I might smash through it this weekend.
2: Yeah, there you go.
1: We'll see. Because, like I said, I sat down to play through it and I got like two hours, one or two hours in, and I was just like, I can't do this. I need a break.
0: Because,
1: <laughs> oh, fuck, it's draining. Like I said, it's so fucking draining. There's so yeah. much going on and you're trying to fucking do these stupid fucking quick time events. Mm-hmm. Drives me fucking mental. <laughs> At least there's no press X to Jason.
2: Oh god. Which yes. is nice. Makes for a nice change.
1: So anyway, that's games. <laughs> That'll do for the games. Um So the time is dragging. Because we talked movies too long. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll put off talking about the next-gen stuff that we were going to talk about until next week when we record with Lucas because that's going to be, like, what, a week away from the launch of the Xbox One and two yep. weeks from the the PS4, so um, that will be suitable. As for what we'll finish the show on now, favourite styles of games... Genre and why? This is a question that was asked when we originally recorded episode 53. We, um, we posted asking for questions and a gentleman named Corey Farrow you, yep. asked favorite style of games, genre and why? So we will answer that question. What is your favorite style of game? And why, Susie?
2: God, uh, where do you begin? Um, it's really—it's not a straightforward answer. Um, I can't just say, "Oh, well, there's one," because if I look at my handful of favourite games over the years, they're all so different. Mm. Um, and usually for different reasons.
1: Well, what are you like the to top three standout Ooh. games for you then?
2: My top three standout games that I've played have probably been uh, Fallout 3, LA Noir, and the first Black Ops.
1: So, so a, a shooter, an RPG, and, and uh, Sandbox. Sandbox.
2: Yeah. And it's really nothing to do with, with the genre of them. It's it's just mainly been the storyline. So, I don't know, good storyline, is it a genre? No. Um, well,
1: it's a, a, like a style of game, I guess, to have a good yeah, storyline.
2: I'd take a good narrative over how a game looks any day. So Yeah,
1: Beyond Two Souls. Pay attention.
2: Shit. Yeah, all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, good call. Cool. Um Yeah, it's it's hard. It's really hard to say what it is. I mean <sighs> Yeah.
1: Well, I mean uh, fuck I'm, it. A, I'm, a, just, a, I'm just
2: I'm just going to say connect games. <laughs> uh, so, <No.
1: clears throat> I take it you're going to be picking up Connect Zumba on your Xbox One, then.
2: Oh, might as well. <laughs>
1: hey, one of their one of their exciting launch window titles is Connect Sports. What, is oh, what that a one is? I think it's like sport. Is it two or three? How it'd did be, they?
2: it would be three.
1: I don't think that's what it's called, though. I think it's just like
2: Connect Sports. <laughs> uh, Connect Sports <laughs> One. Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> The second, um, well, I mean, Connect Sports is fun though. Like, it's actually quite a fun, fun little game to play on a social level. Mm. I sort of always felt like a bit of a dick playing it on my own, but <clears throat> yeah. What about you? Yeah. What is enough enough about me and my <clears throat> indecisiveness? What is what is your favorite style of game genre and why?
1: Um, oh, it's called Connect Sports Rivals. So good. Oh, that is that, that it? For, yeah. <laughs> Rivals. Yeah. Um, my favorite. Yeah, I'm kind of the same with, like, the whole good storyline thing. Like, okay, so standout games for me. Um, it's hard to even say. Like, I feel like it's a cop out to say the last to us because it's so fresh in my mind. But okay. that game is fucking. It's up there for me.
0: Yeah.
1: And purely, like, the gameplay is good. It's not perfect. But mm-hmm. the storyline was. It, it really. It, it's one of those games that it, it grabs you, you know what I'm saying? Mm hmm. And that's what you want in a good story. You know, it grabs you and it keeps pulling you along, and you don't want to. Bioshock Infinite was the same. Mm -hmm. Even the original Bioshock was, you know, a standout story. Mm -hmm. Um, I really enjoyed Dragon Age Two, because like, so I've thought about this question because it's been a couple of weeks since we originally asked ourselves this question, yeah. And I said RPGs for genre. Because I've always been like I played MMOs like Ultima Online and World of Warcraft, which yeah. were the you know MMO RPGs. Yeah, I've always loved back in the in the waybacks the Ultima games before Ultima Online.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, Ultima Four was one of the arguably one of the better one of the best RPGs. I guess. Uh-huh. Um, the Dragon Age games, like for me, the most the game. That a guy at work, I know we said we won't talk about next gen, but um, he asked, he said, "What's what game are you most excited for in the next gen?" Yeah, and I said, "Um, to be honest, probably Dragon Age Three, Inquisitors or whatever it's called." Okay, which is coming out, I think, maybe towards the end of next year. So it's not a launch game. But yeah. um, it's by Bioware, so mm-hmm. like Mass Effect, Mass Effect yeah. One was really really heavy RPG, and then they kind of went more the action route with with two and three. Yeah. But that was still an RPG in my mind, and I really really enjoyed that. And Bioware know how to make good. They know how to make good RPGs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the Dragon Age games, I enjoyed all of them, and I'm really, really looking forward to the new one. Um, but, like, way back again, Planescape Torment, Baldur's Gate,
0: mm-hmm.
1: all these games were um, probably my most played games, so RPGs are definitely up there for me. Yeah. But, yeah, like I said, every game these days has RPG sort of components in it, like experience points. Even Batman, which is like, how do you even define that? What is that? It's a third-person combat? Hack and slash? Mm. Well, it's not really hack and slash. But anyway, it has experience points as you're playing. You get experience points to to put into upgrading stuff, same as GTA. You gain skills in driving and flying and stuff as you play so
2: yeah <clears throat> mm, yeah it's I, I don't know it's it, it is a hard question it's it's not a very fair question i think
1: <laughs> oh, cheers cory farrow
2: <laughs> no i mean look at the end of the day i probably play shooters more than anything else like if i was if it was to be one
1: which genre do you play the most
2: I probably play shooters the the most, but
1: first person shooters.
2: Yeah, I'd say I, I'd say the most would would yeah. have to be the first person shooters. Yeah, um, you
1: say shooters like Uncharted. Uncharted yeah. is a third person shooter, but really it falls under like action adventure.
2: Well, I mean, platforming. Gears, yeah, but I mean, even look at Gears of War and. Yeah. All of the games in the Gears of War series, I've yeah, really... Yeah, 3rd really, shooters. Yeah. Um, I love Gears of War. It's probably, um, you know, it's, I, I personally, I think it's one of the cleverest games ever created. Mm-hmm. And that's—I'm probably a lot of people would hear that and scoff. I don't care, but um, there's a very there's a very psychological element to Gears of War that I have found very clever, and a lot of people wouldn't get that. Um, and quite simply, in pretty much all of them, you walk into a room. The first thing you're going to look for is cover. You're going to look for a cover spot, and. I don't know, maybe in a combat situation that's really the first thing you're going to find. You're going to look around and go am I where will I go if there's trouble? And usually playing Gears of War, you walk into a room and if you see a fuck ton of cover sitting around the place, you're like shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like stuff's going to happen. So, I found that you know, it's a very subtle dynamic to the game. But I found that, you know, it just psychologically, that's probably, as a soldier, something you would do is basically look at your surroundings and go, okay, where can I go? What can I do? Mm. So, but it was also one of those games that actually made me feel like I was playing a video game where I was sitting there shooting aliens and...
1: Oh, chainsawing
2: them. Yeah. And just progressing through level to level... Um, getting to the bad boss at the end, and and that was it. And that's how I remember video games more or less being growing up. You sort of just went, I mean, look at Doom, basically. I mean, Gears of War, pretty much, yes, it's third person, but it it could be this century's Doom.
1: Yeah.
2: I'd say. Hmm.
1: It's a shame that it's like... To ask this question, we have, like, even if Lucas was here, he'd be like, I mean, he he probably plays a lot of shooters. Mm. If you asked him what his favourite style of game was, he'd probably, he'd probably say FIFA.
2: Yeah, I was about to say, it was probably, <laughs> probably FIFA. You
1: know? <laughs> But then, like, say we've got you with shooters, me with RPGs, and him with FIFA.
0: <laughs>
1: but then there's uh, there's the whole, like, there's all the stealth games out there and stuff, and then you've got, like, real-time strategy. Actually, real-time strategy has always been... Because, like, ever since going back to, you know, Warcraft 1 and 2 and 3 and StarCraft. Mm-hmm. And then more recently, like, so XCOM was a was around... Well, that's not really – it's turn-based, but still strategy games. Civilization. Civilization was one of the first games I ever played on PC. Yeah, right. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. What are my favorite style of games? Ones that are good.
2: <laughs> yeah, the, the ones that don't piss me off.
1: <laughs> yeah, the ones that make don't make me smash my phone. Which I, knew, I didn't mention that on this podcast. I mentioned no. it when we recorded 53 last time.
2: That's right.
1: Um, yeah, cool story. I was playing Santro 4 and I got pissed off with a time trial and I threw my controller and it landed directly on my mobile <laughs> and shattered the screen. <laughs> so that's what I get for having a baby diaper tantrum.
2: Oh, oh, we've all been there.
1: Still a good game though. Yeah. Anyway, so that'll do for that question. Good chat. um what I like this episode. It's been yeah. nice. It's been conversational. We should talk about movies more often. <laughs> this is the kind of listeners this is a rare insight into what happens when Lucas isn't here to fucking derail every five seconds
2: it it's It is lucas it is it's totally him.
1: Well, he doesn't play very many video games, so his his contribution is to fuck with us, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. It's entertaining, but it, I like this episode. It was good. It was. Um, so that's it. You can follow us on Twitter at Dropbear Gaming and our own individual ones, whatever they are. Um, facebook dot com slash Dropbear Gaming. Email us podcast at dropbeargaming dot com mm-hmm. or Post on our Facebook page if you like. And uh, let us know what you think of the show. Comment on the website. Rate and review on iTunes, etc., etc. That's it, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I don't think you missed anything there.
1: Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>